Welcome to Conversate, a podcast where we engage in conversation. On this week's episode, episode number two, Aaron Gerke and Kevin Bender, pastors at St. Peter and Paul Lutheran Church in Houghton, Michigan, engage in a conversation about the book Spiritually Vibrant Homes. And on this week's episode, we talk in particular about the power of messy prayers. We hope you enjoy it. Welcome to Conversate. This is episode two. Cheers, Kevin. Uh, we're going to engage in some conversation today about uh, what Kevin preached on Sunday, uh, the spiritually vibrant home, the power of messy Kevin? prayers, the power of messy prayers. So that's going to be our conversation for today here on episode two of Conversate. So, Kevin, I was out of town while you were preaching, but it was kind of cool because I I went to church uh, uh, online, Mm -hmm. not live. Later, Mm -hmm. I was uh, camping with with my family and some uh, some extended family in northern Minnesota, just around the other side of the lake. So we were only like fifty miles away, but we were like seven hours away. So. Um, it's kind of interesting because you, you were using an image in your sermon. I think it was kind of the, the main image that you, you carried over, um, from the book, from Spiritually Vibrant Homes, but this image of a, this image of a fire. Mm. Mm-hmm. You want to just kind of set the stage again about what, what's the deal? What, what's the deal with the fire and this idea of messy prayers? Uh, can you kind of. You don't need to re-preach, but sum it up for us. What were you thinking? Yeah, yeah. So uh, Don Everett's the author of The Spiritually Vibrant Home. He uses this idea of a fireplace to talk about our faith formation in the home and really talk about kind of our spiritual condition, uh, you know, what faith is. And, uh, you know, thinking of a fireplace, it's, well, it's a little messy, right? Yeah. You got to take care of it. You got to tend it. It gets a little dirty, ashes and all this. Um so it takes a bit of work as well, uh, but but Don really comments about how people really are attracted to fireplaces, right? right? Kind of pretty to watch, uh, cool to see, and uh, but they're different than like a thermostat. So a thermostat in your home, you right. set the dial, heats your house, but no one gathers around a thermostat, right? You know, that doesn't have that same quality of, uh, of beauty, right? And so that's really uh, it's really likened to our faith lives because um, when we engage in in our faith with God, with other people, uh, kind of like this podcast, it's a little messy, right? <laughs> it's not, I mean, it's not like a perfect, clean-cut kind of deal because uh, life is messy, but God comes and meets us in the mess, uh, works through it, and, and that, the way that God does it with us is this kind of beautiful thing. Yeah. And like a lot of things that take, you know, some effort, some work, um, in the end, they end up being kind of the valuable things, the worthwhile things. Right. You know, you tend to fire. It, it's kind of painstaking, but you tend it because it is worthwhile. Right. And that is also true of our faith. Um, the more that we tend to it, even though it takes a little bit of work, uh, the more we kind of see the fruit of right. that uh, and end up being well, maybe a little more uh, vibrant, spiritually vibrant, uh, maybe a little more um, 
planted, like Psalm 1 language, talk about being planted like a tree uh, next to streams of water when we're rooted in God's word. Um, so a little more vibrant, a little more planted uh, when life gets a little tumultuous. And uh, yeah, I don't know, I think that's the general gist of this idea of fire. Yeah. When you, I mean, you you concluded your sermon even by saying that, you know, fire can be uh, captivating, mesmerizing, mm-hmm. <laughs> mysterious, and so can, so can we. Um, but the, this video when my family was, was camping, we actually, we spent a lot of time around the campfire because it was, it was cool. The evenings were cool. The mornings were cool. So, mm-hmm. um, so it was that actually like fire, not just, not just for fun, but out of like, ne- out of necessity. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and our, the first night, uh, we had we had a variety of campsites we had some extended family with, but we were right next to a campsite with um, one of my wife's brothers and, and his family. And um, at this campground we were at, they actually had um, movable fire pits. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hadn't been to a campground like that, but it was like an elevated, you know, cast iron or whatever fire pit. Um, so the 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 first night we had one fire and kind of all gathered around it, but then the second night. Uh, we said let's make a let's make a mega fire. So we <laughs> we we picked up our fire pit and put it next and had mm. had a, a, a bigger fire. I mean, you know, when you're out in the woods or a field, you can just do that. You just make a bigger fire. But in a campground, you know, we had to have it contained. But um, but so I was I was listening to your sermon coming back from this camping trip, and you know, on uh, one of those days, my brother-in-law, I brought my banjo. My brother-in-law brought his guitar, and we sat and played played music for four or five hours around campfires uh, mm. all that day and i mean that's what we did like we played music we watched the fire we tended the fire we put it in the kids came and they explored the fire and they would run away from the fire and try to go play and then they'd come back and warm their hands over the fire like mm. that whole idea of a a fire a fire of necessity mm. um you know not just not just the um yeah, the, the thermostat idea. I mean, I, I get it. Like, I, I understand that. I mean, because we do the same thing at home. You said it and forget it. Yes, the, the house is warm, but we don't even consider the the source of it. You know, mm-hmm. but when you're up close with a fire and you're dealing with it, um, we, we actually see the power and the, and the captivation of that, of that fire. Well, it's interesting, too, just thinking about how you guys, like, joined up and made this mega fire, yeah, right? right? So it's even bigger. Uh, the more people you kind of have together right. uh, to be able to do that. And uh, that also, this um, became kind of clear at the, the 6 p.m. worship service we did. Okay. So we had a little bit of time after the sermon where people uh, had a chance to kind of break out and talk about uh, the sermon and conversate uh, for themselves. And It's still a real word, conversate. If, if you don't believe it, we're making it one. So. That's right. The more we say it, the more you're going to start <laughs> saying it. Um, but, but this was actually what we talked about at the table I was at. I was with two other single people uh, at, a, at a table. And uh, we were talking about how nice it was to be together and how it actually enhanced our growth Um, in faith. Uh, There was a person who had, um, uh, for a long time, hadn't been part of any kind of small groups and felt kind of like a novice in the the word. But being next to other people and and eventually being involved in small groups and having other Christians kind of show uh, a thing to this person that their faith grew. Okay. And I think that's, this is part of why God places us in a congregation, right, right. from the beginning. Right. Like, it was never just one person, you know, go and figure it out. Right. It's always family, congregation, the, the people of Israel. Yeah. And so still today, um, 
you know, it's being connected to a congregation, I think does stoke our fire quite a bit. Yeah. There's kind of power, strength in numbers. Right. Because uh, faith's a hard thing to, to, to walk alone. I mean, Jesus had 12 guys walking with him, right? Not right. that he needed it. The 12 probably did. Right. Right. And you, I mean, you mentioned, again, this image carry, carries us to this place of, like, um, I, I, think, I think you said something to the effect of, like, our world has gone, our world's gone cold in many places, or, the like, when the fire is snuffed out, like, the life is actually sucked out of people, and things, things, things go cold. Mm. Um, I don't know, can you speak more to that, or what was behind... I don't, I don't remember exactly if you if you explained a lot of that or like what what was behind that in your own thinking like where are the places or what's an example of this fire going out and things getting cold yeah kind of what that looks like so um i was partially inspired kind of by i would say a failed uh attempt for me not really an attempt just a, fail, a missed opportunity to um share my fire with a guy who so uh, took a walk some of the trails behind our uh, house where we live the Michigan Tech Nara trails and uh, walking through the woods and there's this guy he's a younger guy he's probably close in age to me he's got a Dalmatian with him and we've seen him we've passed by this guy a handful of times in the woods and anytime we pass people we always say hey yeah how's it going so it's kind of niceties and I said the same thing to this guy I said oh you know how you, how you doing or how's it going and the guy, um, we kind of crossed paths. He didn't really say anything. He kind of like groaned almost. And we kept walking our separate paths. And then like five or ten feet later, I heard him say, I'm alive, I guess. Right? And we just kept walking. And yeah. it, it like rocked me to my core uh, because, you know, I think sometimes we forget that we are alive, right, in Christ, like the hope we have, um, the meaning and purpose that we have because of what God has done for us, you know, the fact that we're just, you know, attached to him or that he's attached himself to us uh, in faith. And and so this this guy, he's, he says, I'm alive, I guess. But you could tell that, like, the life was sucked out of this guy. And I don't know if it was, you know, I don't know what's going on in his life. Yeah. Um, if it's isolation, right? We know that's a, a growing problem in our society in general, mm-hmm. but especially during this pandemic. I think the pandemic itself has spurred a lot of fear about just security, mm-hmm. you know, and, and what's going to happen to me. And when you don't have, you know, if you're not rooted in the promises that God has for you and for this world, um, it's really easy to walk kind of lifelessly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think even, you know... Uh, <laughs> If, yeah, I said something about if, if the, there, there are things that beckon us away, right, from God. And if, if they're not shrouded in his presence, then they're kind of cold and dead, right? And I think that's true of a lot of things, even our work, right? You can go to work and do your thing, but if you're just grinding it out day to day to make it to the weekend, mm-hmm. that's like a, that's a soul-sucking kind of thing, <laughs> you know? Um, but if you know God's presence even at your workplace, if you know that, oh, God created me, gave me my skill set, placed me here to be a kind of an agent of resourcefulness and helpfulness and um, life for the people here and in the work that I'm doing, 
you got a totally different perspective. Right. And that's that idea of fire, you know. Yeah. And uh, and so I called it a missed opportunity because I really wish um, I would have shared this mm. life that I have to someone who seemed like that they're just lifeless. Mm. Uh, but we've seen them before and we'll probably see them again on the trail. Yeah. So uh, there's always more opportunities. For sure. Well, I think, you know, we, we talk about this idea. So we, so there's this fire and like, like any, like any image or metaphor, it, it will break down eventually. Like it's not a perfect image for our spiritual lives. Like, um, you know, where did the fire start or who's in charge of tending to it and all these things, you know, mm-hmm. it, the, the image could get a little bit messy, you know, to use that, to use that image, but let's, let's just kind of leave it for what it is. This, this spiritual life, God's, God's presence in our lives, our connection to him, he's working in us. Um, so if that, if that's the case, you know, the, the whole idea of this week, this messy prayers, is is another term for um, spiritual disciplines or uh, the way that we go about strengthening our faith or deepening our you know our, our faith, our knowledge of who God is and what He's done in our lives. So, um, I don't know, Kevin, if you're willing to be open and honest, I mean, what does that what does this look like in your in your own mm-hmm life like what what do spiritual disciplines look like for you definitely yeah so in the spiritual disciplines aren't only limited to uh, bible reading and prayer right yeah. i mean there's things like fasting um charity alms right um but in the book he's really hones in on uh, this idea of prayer together and uh, bible reading together uh, that kind of lead to a spiritually vibrant home. In uh, my life, my experience, uh, these things are messy. Uh, they're not easy to, you know, master. Um, I've gone through so many seasons of, you know, oh man, I'm really praying every day, praying on my way to work, praying about these people. And then a few weeks later, I'm not praying at all. You know, I'm not, I'm not engaged in it whatsoever. Um, and so it's it can be hard to get disciplined uh, to be in a routine. But recently, I have found a few things to be really helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, so in my own devotional life, finding uh, some kind of a structure to guide me and kind of keep me accountable has been really helpful. So I was using a book, uh, 40 Days on the Way to the Cross. It's actually a Lenten devotion, um, but uh, why not? You know, yeah. It's something. <laughs> uh, and, and so what that did, it just gave me, it was really simple. It was like five or ten minutes each morning, if I remembered, I'd sit down, open it up, uh, and it just walked me through what to do. And just the walking through was really helpful. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't hit it every day. You know, it had actually days like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So sometimes it was Friday and I was doing Wednesday. Right. So it was all good. Um, but, but that really, starting my day that way really helped um, set the pace for the day right. and kind of see other things through the lens of, you know, I guess the lens that maybe God would want me to have, right. you know, viewing others uh, out, of, out of a lens of love or um, even viewing like the problems and troubles, not from so much of a, a crud, what am I going to do now, but more like a, all right, God, you told me you're here today. Uh, help me out. Like, what can we do with this? Yeah. You know? Um, so that's a personal thing. Um, as far as family stuff goes, like, uh, we're, I think we're still in a place of growth 
in our own like prayer life together. Most of the time, it's just prayers for meals. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes, you know, we'll forget to do that. But then Lily, <laughs> Lily's our uh, almost two-year-old daughter. Uh, she'll she'll sometimes fold her hands and start going da 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 ba ba da 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 da. And then we remember, oh shoot, we should have prayed. Uh, so even even you know a two-year-old can initiate you yeah. into these. Um, well, obviously you're disciplined enough that she knows that that's part of the deal. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know? yes, uh huh. So and, and and that's part of it too is that act of discipline of just hey, you know we're just going to do this each time we sit down for dinner yeah. or a meal. You know, let's say a prayer, even if it's just come Lord Jesus be our guest. You right. know, you keep doing that, and eventually you you know maybe one day you say. Yeah, we do that one all the time. Let's try something new. Right. And so you kind of keep keep growing. Um, that, yeah, I mean, I I've given the same advice uh, to a lot of to a lot of couples. So always in like when I'm doing pre-marriage counseling, I always ask um, couples who are preparing to get married, like, do you guys do you guys have a way of praying together? Mm-hmm. Um, and and a lot of a lot of them say, oh yeah, we do. And then I say what does that look like? And then they, then they look at each other and they look back and it's like, well, I mean, I, I mean, yeah, we do. Well, we do, don't we? Do we pray? You know, uh, and no offense anybody, but, uh, but I, I've always just said too, and this goes to the scripture text for this last Sunday was that Luke 11, Matthew chapter mm-hmm. six, where Jesus teaches the Lord's prayer. Mm-hmm. But I said to them, you guys, if you don't know what to pray, if you don't know how to pray, if you've never prayed out loud together with another person, pray the Lord's Prayer. If you don't know the Lord's Prayer, look it up and pray it. Like there's nothing wrong with praying these words that for a lot of Christians have been kind of prayed on repeat and we know by heart, but there's nothing wrong with it because the disciples said, hey, Jesus, will you teach us to pray? And Jesus very clearly said, sure, say this, our Father who are in heaven. You know, so it's sort of like, Sometimes we really want Jesus to just cut to the chase and give us the like direct answer. And he gave them the direct answer. He said, pray like this. So mm. you can't, you can't go wrong with that, but it's like that. It's like that fire. Like once you've, so if you don't know how to start a fire, sometimes it's kind of hard to start a fire, but once you get the fire started, it's not too hard to throw on another log, you know? Mm. So you can, mm-hmm. um, you know, all of a sudden you're, not just praying the Lord's Prayer from memory, but you're now praying for one another mm. um, or for somebody else or whatever. And and I think that's the way that this, this fire building goes. Like once you realize, wow, like God is present. I'm, I'm engaging with him. This fire is burning in me. We're doing this together as a family or as a household. Let's put another log on the fire. This is kind of cool. You know, I'm, um, let's try something else. Yeah. You know? um, so I like that. There's this whole idea of spiritual discipline. Sometimes we, so, I don't know, at least in my mind, you think spiritual disciplines and my mind goes right to like the movie sound of music or whatever, where you got the nuns like, you know, praying in the convent <laughs> or the monks, you know, chanting and you're like, Oh, I can never attain that. And hmm. that's, Hey, we're, this one says messy prayers. Like it's okay if it's, haphazard it's okay if it's you know i i just heard a pastor say that when he teaches people to pray uh uh, a lot of times we we tell like kids to close their eyes when they pray and he said i i i he was saying i pray a lot while i'm driving and commuting so don't close your eyes while you're doing that (laughs) yeah yeah 
that's funny. Well, I think that's great too to think about, like, you know, prayer almost as of a more normal thing. You know, not not this, you know, super distant spiritual thing that's so disconnected from the rest of our lives, but something that's just a part of as we go. Um, and that's, you know, that's kind of what Moses is saying, right? When you go, when you rise, as you're going through your day, when you're going to sleep, uh, do these things, hear God's word, speak to God. And, and that's something that too, that the book brings out is that, um, households, uh, and this is correlation, not causation, but households that read God's word and pray together, they do all sorts of other normal life things together. Mm. They go to the park together. They you know, play games together. They watch movies together. And so there is something um, that's correlated about uh, uh, gathering together in a faith way and gathering together in just a normal life way. Right. So that those two things aren't like, they're not stuff that are like total ends of the sphere. They're, they're really, they actually are a lot closer than we think. Right. A lot more normal. Yeah. Right. I think I think the average family would think um, I I might even think this way sometimes like okay so I've got my my wife and my kids and you use the image of like okay we're we're gonna go to the park as a family that's not one of our spiritual disciplines you know mm-hmm. uh, opening up the Bible after dinner you know that's the spiritual discipline when in actuality I think we need to consider the the complete picture of the way that we're living life you know. The way that we're moving about in this world, like it's not, our Christianity is not boxed in, our spiritual disciplines are not boxed in. Like if we actually believe that God is present everywhere and that he is the one who's given me life, we better believe that he's in every single moment of our life where we go and that any one of those moments is a moment for spiritual growth and each one uh, builds that fire even bigger you know and I think too that's the only way we can even conceive of like Paul's encouragement to, to pray you know unceasingly right you can't do that and do anything else with your life if you're thinking that it has to be this like yeah closed eyes folded hands off in a corner you know Jesus even talks about you know a good prayer as short prayer mm. don't be doing some sort of long winded big fancy thing on the street I mean I think even if you're having a moment, right, with your family, it's a beautiful moment at the park, you're enjoying life, it's like kind of things are good. Honestly, just thanks. Yeah. That's a prayer right there. Right. Just the recognition that these things come from God. You know, right. and the more that we go about doing that, the more we're gonna end up kind of seeing God in every moment, you know. For sure. Of our day. Right. So. Well, because prayer I mean, prayer at a minimum is it's relationship, right? It's like God is God's picked up the phone. Mm. The line is open. Mm. He said, we're, we're talking, right? <laughs> Just talk to me. Talk to me. Um, and uh, I, I, just, uh, yeah, I, just saw, I just saw a thing um, that said, you know, some people would say, some people would say that um, religion, religion is, uh, um, I, mess, I messed up. My dad's going to be so mad. Mm. So some people, some people think that this is what religion, like I messed up. My dad's gonna be so mad when Christianity is actually, I messed up. I got to call my dad. Oh, sure. That that image of like, my dad's not, he's not gonna, he's not gonna be mad at me. He, he's, he's already, we're already, 
we're already engaged in conversation. We're in relationship. Like yeah. the more that I converse with him, the more that I talk to him, the more that I'll actually see mm. that that he he loves me because he's for me and he and he's with me all the time. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. So much, I think we just have this idea about prayer that like that prayer is you know um, God's the genie in the bottle. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it, it even said in Luke 11, ask and you shall receive, right? Right. That sounds like, sounds hey, like the genie sweet. in the Bible, right? <laughs> or the genie, what did I say, the genie in the Bible? No, is that what it is? Yeah, the genie in the bottle. The genie in the bottle, not, not the genie in the Bible. <laughs> yeah, there aren't any genies in the Bible, <laughs> there are no I genie. think. Huh, that... There's a sorcerer. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. yeah. Let me get all the things I want. Or, you might say, well, Clearly, it doesn't work because I, I don't have all the stuff I've been asking for. Right. Yeah. Right. When, I mean, when in actuality, prayer is just, it's just talking to God. It is mm-hmm. engaging in relationship with Him. So we don't have to wait for something that we want or something that we need to talk to God. We mm-hmm. just, we're just always talking to Him. Mm-hmm. And the more that we do that, the more that our lives actually start to align to his. Right. And the part of the Lord's prayer, thy will be done. Exactly. We actually start to desire his will, sometimes over our will. If we only wait to talk to him for the times that we want our will to be done, uh-huh. then then we're going to just be mad at him for not doing our will. Right. <laughs> what, what kind of relationship is that, right? Right. Yeah, it's not one of, you're my father, it's one of, you're my butler. Yeah. You know? <laughs> right. You're my, yeah. Go, go do this and that. And that's, that's so just amazing to think about that the, the formative power that prayer does have over us. And to even think then about Jesus, right? I mean, Jesus prayed. He prayed to God. Yeah. Like, that's how, this is, we get to use the same method yeah. that Jesus used to talk to God. Yeah. And and Jesus even went and did that, right, in those those times when he was kind of like, look, I don't really know that I want to do this, right? Yeah. Garden of Gethsemane before going to the cross. Like, you know, Father, I, if you can take this cup away, please. Yeah. But he prays and and his face gets set towards Jerusalem. He's, he's geared up to go because, uh, I mean, that's mysterious to think about how Jesus gave him to be formed to the Father's yeah. will, but but he really models that for us and shows us that. Um, and, and the more that we're engaged, especially in a model of the Lord's Prayer where the first petitions are, like, our God, this is about you. Right. This is about your will, your kingdom. Uh, change me. Right. You know, that's the relationship. Right. Well, I've even had it too, and I talked to other people where um, like over time, like, I think God's actually changed my, my prayers. You know, like, um, where, where it's, you know, I really want this thing to be. And after a while, you know, God shapes and molds that prayer to be something actually different and more beautiful than I could have imagined Mm. on my own. So Mm -hmm. I think there's, when we trust God to be this good father and that his, we desire his will to be done, um, I mean, you can't stop God's will from being done. So either, <laughs> either you fight against it and tell Him you'd rather have your own will done, or you say, "Okay, no, change me." Mm. Yeah, let me see the bigger picture. Yeah. 
yeah. what, what you've got for me. Yeah. Definitely. And I think, too, you know, um, God starts this conversation every single day. Right. You know, in the beginning, speaks words, life happens. I mean, that's how creation happens. So God actually, his word makes things happen. So the fact that we woke up today, uh, the fact that we're alive and doing this means God has already spoken into my life today. Right. And the more that I'm in communication with him, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to see things like, oh, that was a lucky break that this or that happened. I'm going to realize, oh my gosh, that was, this was God yeah. who stepped in and did this for me. Right. You know? Um, and so, yeah, it's just, we get more and more in tune uh, with his activity the more that we're in prayer with him. Right. Um, and so, yeah, so this prayer thing is never like, I have to do this so that God will love me. Right. Or I have to do this, you know, to be saved. Prayer is not a means of grace in that way. Right. Uh, but it is a means of faith. Right. And the more that I think we're engaged in it, the more our faith's going to be bolstered, the more our fire is going to be For sure. stoked. Yeah. And uh, I think it's it's just a reminder to us, too, like, obviously prayer uh, and these spiritual disciplines can and ought to be done in our own lives. Um, but they're, I think they're even, they're even greater when done in community or with, with a household like that's mm. that's what God's designed us to do and to be so those of you who are married you know with your spouse to, to build a, a spiritual fire together um, to, to keep that flame going together um, for with with your children to build in those rhythms and routines and time together um, doing mundane activities so that there is also time for the spiritual conversations to happen in regular life, um, in, those of you who have who have roommates or or you know who, who have other relationships with people that are outside of your family or outside of the dwelling place, um, you know we, we need to breathe into breathe into one another's lives together. So even for me, having this conversation with you today mm. is enlightening to my own spiritual life to see that I'm not the only one kind of wrestling through this in, in my home, in my life. I mean, you're breathing life into me mm. just in our conversation today. And so I think that's, again, that's kind of what we want to model in this podcast uh, to you, uh, whoever's listening or watching, uh, just ways to be engaged in conversation with other people around spiritual topics, around Jesus' will, around what that means Practically, as we're all wrestling through, you know, how to have spiritually vibrant uh, lives, but also spiritually vibrant homes and, and households too. Um, Kevin, as we're getting ready to wrap up for today, though, I have one one very important question because you started your you started your sermon by talking about how uh, at your rental house, you and Molly went around your backyard, you gathered together some rocks and sticks. And you started a fire in your backyard. Mm -hmm. um, did you ask your landlord first? Yes. Yes, we did. Yes. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> no, we did. We did. We even took the rocks from beneath. From the neighbor's yard? No, no, no. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. We, well, yeah. We, I, I, we assumed that we could have... Fires. I said, you know, like in the city, you can't just make your own fire. Yeah. We didn't really check with any local, you know, officials, but... Well, maybe you'll find out. Uh, you can always ask for forgiveness, right? Isn't that what they right. say? Uh, 
Better to ask for forgiveness than permission. I don't know if we should be advocating that. We should cut that out. Well, ask for forgiveness. Yeah. Definitely ask for forgiveness all the time. And Jesus will forgive us. <laughs> I don't know if the city of Houghton would if that's illegal, but I'm pretty sure it's okay to have a fire. Okay, good. All right. Yeah. Sounds good. Hey, well, thanks for uh, being with us here today for episode two of our podcast, Conversate and Kevin. Thanks. Yeah. All right. My pleasure. All right. Have a good rest of your day. Bye. See ya.